heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Well, here we are at the end of the year and uh, just a few more days to go. And so much is happening in America right now. Uh, we need to really focus on something that uh, has significant consequences potentially and realistically already has had many implications for the fate of America. And that is the university system of America, which is really nothing more than a propaganda machine that that pumps out a product of graduates who know nothing really about America's foundation and even less about reality outside of their bubble of their indoctrination that they receive in college, in the universities, indoctrination into Marxism and communism, fascism, globalism, and every other anti-Americanism that now attacks the Constitution of the United States and our American way of life. Harvard University, an Ivy League school, is a very prime example of this brainwashing uh, of institutions that have taken place over America's entire educational system, beginning actually in preschools and then ending in the finishing schools, if you will, of universities and college campuses. These graduates have no idea that America's first universities were all solid Christian universities whose primary textbook, believe it or not, was the Bible. And that was because they understood that the beginning of knowledge comes from a fear of the Lord. That's in Proverbs, I believe, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 7. But my, how things have changed. And my, my, how serious we must now be about actually bringing about a change back to the way things used to be. I'm not getting nostalgic here, but the good old days were good because we had a standard that paved the way for a uniting of 50 states to make the greatest nation in the world. Welcome to the Voice of a Nation. This is Dr. Steve LaTulip hosting today, and with me, co-host Wallace Garneau, who I'll bring on in a few minutes, for the Voice of a Nation team. Well, let me just say it, universities have really become dangerous places. And I say that because they have dangerous ideas and they have very evil agendas and they are not shy at all about promoting them. And that should literally scare the hell out of all of us. They recruit professors who have no loyalty to God or country. They have professors who do not seek the truth they do not seek the truth in politics, in medicine, in science, or, uh, or anything pertaining to even logic or American ex exceptionalism. And I say that with pride. We 
are a good nation and a strong nation because we have always strived to set a high standard. There is absolutely nothing at all wrong with that. And that should be a core principle in any college or university. Aren't students there to improve their status, to improve themselves, to learn more, to become something uh, of themselves so that they can perhaps contribute a good thing to the world? But instead, the goal of these universities seems to be only to perpetuate the darkness by actually disengaging the brain. And, and, and when they do that, you lose your ability to reason. You simply use your ability to reason and you, to think deeply, to think individually for yourself so that every student's reality actually becomes twisted, distorted beyond recognition. And the end product is a student who militantly clings to the liberal left narrative and becomes another tin soldier, devoid of morality, spirit, soul, and conscience. But suddenly universities are feeling the pinch. They are reaping what they have sown. Harvard University has lost a number of heavy donors recently because of their blatant anti-Semitism. And this really sets the stage for us an example of what we are dealing with. The Jews, the Jewish students on these campuses don't feel safe because other students and faculty are in full support of chanting death to the Jews. For example, hedge uh, funder Bill Ackerman is a, an alumnus of the School of Business uh, at Harvard, and he has quit donating his millions to the school. Former Victoria's Secret CEO uh, Les uh, Wexner, a 34-plus year donor, cut ties shortly after the Israel-Hamas war started. And the latest has been Len uh, Blavitnik, a Ukraine-born Jewish billionaire and a founder of Access Industries. Now, he and his wife have donated $270 million to Harvard, $200 million to the medical school itself. So he's been a great contributor to Harvard, and he has stopped funding Harvard because their president, Claudine Gay's anti-Semitic views are repulsive to him, to them, as they should be. It's pretty disgusting, but uh, that is what we are seeing on so many of these colleges and university campuses uh, that we have to act on this. We have to do something. And many people are standing up and saying, okay, we have had enough. The gays, uh, you know, gays genocide uh, rants that she is tolerating, she says, might be justified because it depends on the context. And I'm sorry, that just doesn't wash in a real system. Now, between the lines, there's nothing wrong with voicing death to the Jews. That is exactly what President Claudine Gay is saying. Gay also is accused of 40 acts of plagiarizing other scholars' works. She has she's involved in a scandal that is now being investigated. And um, you know, they, I, I think that we need to put an end 
to all of this corruption. And, you know, Harvard is also being investigated by the Federal Department of Education over civil rights of Jewish students um, and who are actually protected by Title VI of the Civil Rights Act. So there's a lot of bad stuff going on. And even right now, our U.S. government is considering ways to strip the billions, billions, that is, of dollars in federal funding from the school. But let's face it, this is the U.S. government, right? It, and it's corrupted to the core by itself. So I'm not really sure that is going to happen, but... Um, you know, we will see. We will just have to see uh, what comes of it. Um, today, I, I want to bring on uh, Wallace Garneau. He uh, actually did the show yesterday. And the real question I think we need to ask today is what ought we to do with these liberal universities? Should they all be defunded? Should stipulations be attached to government funding? And what ought they to be if so? And should we have expectations from graduates of our colleges and universities? How do we stop the evil indoctrination of our children and our young adults? Well, Wally, in yesterday's show, you did mention some real shocking poll results about America's young adults. Now, for today's audience, would you please share those results again and then just tell us uh, the significance of that, if you would? Absolutely, Steve. And just for fun, how about I make the statement from the poll, and then uh, and then you tell me what what percentage of eighteen to twenty four year olds you believe agree with it. Again, according to that Harvard poll from last week, uh, we'll give the audience a second before you give the answer, and then you tell me what you think the the percentage of eighteen to twenty four year olds in America, not just Harvard graduates, by the way, this is all eighteen to twenty four year olds in America. And as bad of an institution as Harvard may be, they still know how to conduct a poll. So I have to think this is reasonably accurate. So I'll make the statement. You tell me what the percent of eighteen to twenty four year olds you think agree with it is. You you okay with that? I'm okay with that. Um, I'll be shooting in the dark. That's perfect. So well, some of the people in the audience may have heard yesterday's show, but some of them will probably be shooting in the dark as well. So obviously not a light subject, but we'll make a, we'll try to have some fun with it to lighten the mood. Otherwise, these are shocking results. Okay, first statement. All white people are oppressors. What percent do you think of 18 to 24-year-olds in America agree with that statement? 18 to 24-year-olds. Um uh, now, you're yeah, in other words, college to military, college and military age uh, young adults. Okay, and that includes not just people in college or or military. Right? This is yeah. all eighteen to twenty four year olds okay. in America today. Okay, I would say at least at least one third of them, and maybe approaching one half. Seventy nine percent. Okay, that's incredible. That is seventy nine percent. 79%. I told you, these are shocking numbers. This is just how bad. This five. is an absolute indictment of our, not four out of five, hell, this is eight out of 10. This is an absolute indictment of our university system. Eight out of 10 college-age kids, 18 to 24-year-olds, believe that all white people are oppressors. Well, um, okay, shocking. let's go on. That, let's go that, to the next that's one. De that's a de depressing <laughs> to let's, hear. Let's go to the next one. Steve, what percent of 18 to 24-year-olds do you believe say that Jews are oppressors? Jew oh, well, oh my goodness. All right. I, I would say I would say 70%, maybe a little less. You're close, 67%. Going? 
Okay. We'll, okay. we'll give you a we'll give you a green light on that one. You got that one pretty well, pretty well, okay. pretty much right. How about the next one? The attack against Israel on October seven was an act of genocide. What percent? That agree with that. That agree that the October seventh attack against Israel was a, was an act of genocide. Um, that would be pretty low. Uh, I'll say twenty percent. This is going to surprise you. Sixty six percent of eighteen to twenty four year olds agree with it. That it was an act of genocide. That it was an act of genocide. More than half, 58%, almost 60% of 18 to 24-year-olds agree that Hamas committed an act of genocide against the against the Jewish people of Israel on October 7th. Next okay, question, so that, though. That has implications. I want to come oh, yes. back on that one. Yeah, okay, well, the next question is right along those lines. What percentage of America's 18 to 24-year-olds believe that genocide against the Jews in Israel is okay? Okay, well, that would have to be pretty high, too. Um, I, I'll just throw out 60%. 53%. But take those two in conjunction. 58% yeah. believe that the act of, of genocide, that the act of the, what Hamas did on October 7th was genocide. 53% think it's great. They're okay with it. Wow. That's shocking, absolutely. I would expect that out of the Hitler youth. I would not expect that out of America's youth. This is this, exactly. this is this is an absolute indictment against our university system. Okay, here's the next one. What percentage of Americans, 18 to 24 year old, think that it is okay to openly call for the genocide of Jews in America? What, say that again. What percentage of what? Yeah, I might have gotten the last one wrong. Incidentally, the genocide of 58 percent of American. Uh, of Americans 18 to 24 year old believe that the genocide of Jews in Israel is okay. 58%, if I read that one correctly. The next one, what percentage of Americans 18 to 24 year old believe that it is okay to openly call for genocide against the Jews in America? In other words, they, they want the Jew, they want all Jews in America exterminated. They want a final solution in the United States. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be optimistic and say 50%. 53% will give you a green light in that one as well. More than okay. half of, of Americans, 18 to 24, would like to see some form of final solution in the United States against the Jews. I believe it's okay to call for the genocide, for genocide against the Jewish people in America. Crazy. Next That one. is astounding. Go ahead. What percent of Americans, 18 to 24, believe that Israel is trying to avoid killing civilians in their attacks on the West Bank and Gaza Strip? Well, Gaza Strip at the moment. Um, that would be pretty low. I'm going to say, I'll say, ooh, again, trying to be optimistic, 25%. Believe it or not, it's 70%. Wow. America's a- youth agree that Israel is doing everything that it can to avoid killing civilians. Wow. Okay. Understanding that America's youth believe that, that, that Israel is doing everything that it can to avoid civilian casualties. What percent of the same group, 18 to 24-year-old Americans, believe that Israel should be wiped off the face of the earth? Um, oh boy. You think it's low because so many of them understand that Israel is doing everything that it can to avoid civilian casualties. Right. You would think it's low, but but it's high. And, and I and I see the trend developing here. So I, I'll say 70%. 51%. 50 A little more optimistic okay. than you thought, but still more than half of Americans 18 to 24 years old, even though they agree. Israel is doing everything that it can to try to avoid civilian casualties, and that Hamas is openly trying to kill all the Jews, committing genocide. 
More than half of them still believe Israel, rather than Hamas, should be wiped off the face of the earth. Last one, Steve. This one uh, may be the, the, the most eye-opening of all. Not that the others are not eye-opening. They certainly right. are. This may be the most eye-opening of all. What percentage of American children, or Americans 18 to 24 years old, young adults, shouldn't call them children, what percentage of American uh, young adults, 18 to 24, believe that only certain races of people should be allowed to go to college or to get employed? Um, I think Only that, certain races. Yeah, I think that's going to be high. I th- I would say 60 to 70 percent. 80 percent. Eight in 10 of America's yeah. 18 to 24 year olds believe yeah. that only certain races of people should be allowed a college education or should be allowed to be employed. Wow. Okay. So there were other questions on the poll, and in fairness to the audience, uh, I have I these I've I've rephrased the questions in the poll into statements. But these statements, if you read the actual poll, these are one hundred percent in line with what the questions were. So I'm not I'm not I'm not what what I've done is is you know they don't say for example only certain races they actually say should white people and Jews uh, should be excluded from colleges and from getting jobs. And then that the answer to that was yes, 80% believe that white people and Jews should not be allowed jobs. I rephrase that into only certain races, but I believe that what I'm doing is just taking the coin and flipping it and reading you the, the tails instead of the head. It's the same coin. Okay. All right, Wally, let me say this. Okay, first of all, I, I am shocked by the data only because, and specifically because you are telling me that this is not pertaining to just college students or just maybe the new woke military or whatever, but this is all young adults, 18 to 24. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. I don't know this okay, for a so- fact, but I'm going to guess that the percentage of Americans that go to private schools is probably around 20%. <laughs> I mean, right. You know, yeah. It's not just our okay. colleges. They're being indoctrinated from as young of an age as the American left can get their hands on them. Oh, our public schools are absolute, absolute cesspool. Okay, so Wally, you just painted a picture here, and I want to make sure that our audience gets that. So would you please just paint the picture completely, fill it all in. What is the significance of these statistics that you just cited for the United States? What does it say about us? Well, let me ask you this, Steve. If I were to read those poll results to you, maybe changing it from white people or oppressors to something else, but just you know, in terms of what this says about the racism, the hatred, and uh, just the, the the views of Americans eighteen to twenty four. And by the way, when you get to the next age group, thirty to whatever it was, it wasn't much better. As you get older, obviously the numbers improve. By the time you get to sixty five and adult and, and older, it's it's the mere opposite of this. You, all of a sudden, you start getting some sanity. But if I were to read the exact same things to you and and maybe take a, take out white people uh, and, and insert a different group, would you believe that it was American youth 18 to 24? Or would you believe that we went back in time and started asking the Hitler youth in the late 30s or the early, yeah, the, the mid 30s, mid late 30s? Right. I would say it would take us right back into the 1930s uh, Germany. There's, there's I would no say that our that. education system is doing everything that it can to recreate the Hitler youth. I totally agree with that, Wally, and it's a sad statement. Um, so this, how, did, how is this going to affect us? W- what does this say about us? And, um, you know, what does it mean for our future? Where, where do we go from here? What it tells me is that if General Miley orders America's military to take out the white people and the Jews, 80% of the uh, people in the military are going to look at it and say, yeah, okay. Do you think, Wally, that the military 
actual military members, you're a military man, uh, you're a veteran, I'm a retired veteran. Now, I know that the military folks, historically at least, have been very patriotic, and I do know that uh, at least I believe there are many patriots that are still serving our country as a soldier. Um, do you think, I mean, are they, they've been lumped in with all these others, uh, liberal college attendees and so forth, but do you think that their numbers, if you took them just by themselves, would they be the same, do you think, or just as bad or what? That's a good question. And uh, we both served in the military. Obviously we both served some time ago. I joined the military, um, close to 30 years ago now so uh i'm going back in time a bit but i remember even when i was in all those all those years ago uh there was one day that the captain uh commanding officer of the of the company i was in brought us all in one at a time into his office and uh told us no right or wrong answer to this but i've been told to ask my command this question if you were given the order to open fire on american civilians would you obey the order now, we were never told what the result of the poll was. We were told there were no right or wrong answers. My answer was I would shoot the person that gave me the order. Okay. But that yeah. was 30 years ago. I haven't been right. in the military in a long time. I would imagine the military is generally a fairly conservative organization, generally tends to vote Republican. I would imagine that the numbers in the military would be low, that many of the other 20% would be in the military. Uh, but I don't know that. It's been a long time since I was in yeah, well, they don't they still take the same oath, right, to defend the Constitution of the United so States? So does Congress. So it's no, Joe Biden. Exactly right. Joe Biden took that took that right. oath, right? And, and so that exposes the problem. And we got you know some of these most liberal governors like Gavin Newsom. Um, I mean, it, it's incredible. They are lying. They are just overtly lying, and that's a huge, huge problem. Um, well, the thing, Steve, that I want the American people to understand. And this is, I've, I've, I've studied a tremendous amount of history. My dad was a history teacher. My dad collected history books. I've got behind me here in the library. I've got an entire wall full of, of almost entirely history books. And a lot of them are on World War II. A lot of them are on the rise and fall of, uh, of, the, Nazi, of, of the Nazis in World War II. Uh, my dad was fascinated by the by the the interwar years between World War One and World War Two. You know, basically, he was interested in how people like Hitler, and it wasn't just Hitler, Stalin, Tojo, how people like that took power, what it takes for people like that to take power, how hatred you could. You know, Germany was an advanced society. They had outstanding universities. Now, Germany was an advanced society. As a matter of fact, prior to the war, the intermarriage of Jewish people with uh, with, with non-Jewish people was higher in Germany than in any other country on earth. So this was not a country that was necessarily anti-Jew prior to Hitler taking power. And then I'm speaking of the Weimar, in the Weimar Republic, that was the case. Obviously, that was not the case under Nazi leadership. But that is the country that all of a sudden backed Hitler, and my dad was fascinated by that. And uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, this is this is this is some scary stuff. It's very disturbing. It really is. You know what it really is? Is an it's like a whole new form of or, or new description of influence peddling. I mean, that's what well, these college professors do. And yes, it is everything that is going to destroy America is what they are pushing. Well, yeah, and the thing is, and I, I didn't answer your question. I uh, momentarily forgot what it was. Uh, your, your question was 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 uh, was was something about uh, 
Give me the question again. I remember the answer. Yeah, so well, I don't remember well, the question. How is this good? What's the significance of all this to the oh, yeah. United States? <laughs> what I want the American people to understand, and I just gave the background on on why I would would, would be know a little bit about this. Uh, Hitler would give every night at dinner. Uh, Hitler would would give a long, long, essentially a sermon to all of his dinner guests, which would be the the upper echelon of the Nazi party. You know, Hermann Goring was there almost every night, Rudolf Hess before he went out to England and, and what have you, the upper echelon. He would give them speeches or sermons pretty much every single day at dinner. And uh, the basic concept, the basic content of these sermons was that he and only he had the moral courage and the moral conviction to lead the German people and to do what must be done. And I, what I want people to understand is that we understand that Hitler uh, was a very, very evil man, one of the most evil men in history. I would say Stalin deserves to be in that list as well. There, there are others. Uh, I would say Stalin, in fact, might actually be worse. Uh, Mao, you know, their death tolls were far worse than Hitler's, as bad as Hitler was. But we're talking about one of the worst human beings in history, one of the most evil, vile human beings in history. He didn't see himself that way. He thought that he was not just moral, but that he was above and beyond all other human beings in terms of his moral purity, his moral conviction, and more importantly, his moral courage to do what he believed must be done. America's youth don't see themselves as evil. They see themselves as moral, and they believe they have the moral conviction to do what they believe must be done. What they want to do is what is evil, but they don't see themselves as evil, even though they're following evil. They see themselves as moral, virtuous people, which is why they go out on the streets and demand what they demand. They demand we tear our structures down, even though our structures have made us the richest, most prosperous, freest, and and frankly, the least racist society in human history. It's But they don't see themselves that way. And the reason they want to do this is because they have been taught and it, I actually wrote an article about this, one of the most popular articles I ever read. I call it Virtue Signaling. Uh, they, what, they, what we've done is we've taught them to believe that their moral virtue is based upon their political beliefs and that if they believe the wrong things politically, they don't have virtue. As a consequence, anybody who disagrees with them politically does not have virtue in their eyes. They believe we are all of the vile things that they call us because we don't believe the things that give you virtue. And once you can force somebody to believe, first of all, we got them, we've actually gotten worse since I wrote that article, by the way. Uh, if you can get people to believe that their virtue is based on what they believe, they won't give up those beliefs no matter what the evidence is, because doing so to them also means that they're giving away their virtue. They lack virtue. The other thing that we've done is we've taught the American people, large numbers of the American people, particularly the youth, to believe things that they know are not true. For example, that a man can have children. Now, I have children, but I did not bear them. That a man can bear children or that women have penises. Uh, we've taught them to believe things that they know are not true. And if you can do that, if you can teach people that their political beliefs are the basis of their virtue, that what makes you a good person is that you toe the party line, that any disagreement makes you evil, and you can also teach them to believe in things that they know are not true. Steve, at that point, you own them, and there is no amount of reason, no amount of logic, no amount of evidence, no amount of fact, no amount of truth, no amount of anything that can dissuade you, because you've already been turned off to the concept of being dissuaded. Yeah, That's Wally, where we well, are, Wally, that's what this means. That's right. And what you're describing right there is absolutely, purely 
cultic. It is a cult the, because cultists believe no matter what, they will stay on the railroad tracks to hell. Uh, it doesn't matter what the facts are. It doesn't matter what science says. And we see that in medicine horribly. Uh, I mean, when you have the biggest medical journals, the most uh, renowned medical journals saying that men can have babies, you know, that's what you're describing right there. And that is cultic belief. It is believing the lie. And it is extremely dangerous for our nation. If we cannot turn this around, Wally, what do you think? I mean, I think the party's over. We will be done if we cannot reverse this thinking. Well, it's not just we will be done if we cannot reverse this thinking. Uh, people are spiritual, whether they're, they believe they're religious or not. People, we're, we're spiritual beings. We have a spirit. If we yes. do not have a religion, uh, we will create one. We Everybody has a religion. The question is, what is your religion? Uh, most atheists, for example, I found atheists fit into two molds. Some atheists, when you listen to them, it's not they don't believe in God so much as they hate God. And they channel that by being vehemently anti-Christian, vehemently anti-religious in some cases, particularly right. anti-Christian within our country. But then you have those that truly do not believe in God. And uh, what I find with them is that most of them tend to be very nihilistic. And the reason is that if you don't have a religion that or a set of religious beliefs that, that manifest themselves in the outside world and affect other people in a positive way, that tends to mean that you have a religion of the self. And I find these people very, very, most of them have, have incredible egos. They believe a great deal about themselves. And that's because their religion essentially is a religion of the self, which is inherently narcissistic. We have yeah. created a narcissistic generation and we taught them that narcissism is good. And it, yes, and that happens only by removing the one Christian standard that made this country. That is in my strong opinion, the true standard that has stood above all else, and I will say it boldly, simply because we would say, look at the evidence. Uh, even non-Christians who live in America have said, yeah, we like what we see here. We like being a part of it. It is all good. Even if they are not one of us, meaning a Christian, they like the Christian standard. And uh, when you get rid of that, what you have is a cult at work, and that is very, very dangerous because it's very hard to pull people away from a cult. Well, Wally, we're going to take a, just a short pause here, and then we'll be back to discuss uh, more of this controversy. And, um, and we got to have a, a little discussion on some very important things uh, that I think need to be fleshed out so that we understand where we're going, especially where we are going in the year 2024. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. Libertyatamericaoutloud.com. How do we protect our bodies from harm in a world filled with invisible threats? In each one of our trillions of cells, a remarkable process takes place in the mitochondria, which is known as the powerhouse of the cell. Redox signaling molecules are produced here. And ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. And the results speak for themselves. As someone who needed an energy boost at a crucial time in my life, 
I was introduced to ASEA. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. And welcome back to the Voice of a Nation with Dr. Steve LaTulip and Wallace Garneau. We are hosting the show today. Uh, please remember that this records at 8 p.m. Eastern Time with an encore at 8 a.m. the following morning. Tomorrow now begins a three-day run of Christmas classics over Saturday, uh, Sunday, and Monday. So I hope you'll enjoy that. It's been greatly appreciated in the past. 
After that, we'll take the next week and run the best of America Allowed podcasts. And then we plan on hitting the ground running in 2024. January 1st, we launch a new website and it's going to be exciting. We're going to have a whole new uh, series uh, of writers, podcasters, and we will absolutely stay focused on what we do best here at America Out Loud. And uh, remember, it's going to be a challenging, wild year. It's going to be quite possibly painful in many ways. And it's very important for you to be informed. And so I would encourage you, please go to americaoutloud.news. You can get all the great articles from some fantastic authors, podcasters, Uh, We have some great radio shows. What we do not have on this program is propaganda. We don't support hype. We have no censorship. But we want you to be informed on what's happening and what it means to you. And then ultimately, we want to equip you so that you can know what it is you can do about it. That's the important thing. I'd invite you also to please go to americaoutloud.shop. You can get the latest in health and other uh, product innovations to support your good health. Use the Out Loud code for discounts, uh, which we do offer to all of our America Out Loud family members. So today, we have been discussing how the woke and broke American university system is directly contributing to the demise of America. We have lost our standard. And specifically in the university system, remember this, that billions of your tax dollars are paying for it. Uh, Schools like Harvard, MIT, and all those communist liberal Ivy League schools that have forgotten their Christian roots long ago and now serve the God of this world, which is themselves. As Wally was saying, they have made themselves a God, and they think they are justified in whatever actions that they might do. Now, that is really scary to me. And Wally, you bring out some fantastic points here. Um, But, you know, uh, what I'm wondering, I always wonder and ask, What can we do about it? Hey, Wally, let me just ask this. Should federal government fund these large, wealthy, corrupt universities? And if so, what ought to be the stipulations to be funded? Well, that's a great question, Steve. I'm going to say at this point that I think if there is any lesson that we can learn from this, the lesson we can learn is that the answer to that question is no. The federal government should absolutely nothing to do with uh, with with our university system because this is what our federal government has turned it into. And uh, you know what can be done is uh, the first thing is that that the conservatives have to take over uh, the accreditation boards. And when you look at the worst of the worst at college universities, I'm going to say the wokest universities, we need to remove their accreditation. We need to do it immediately. So, for example, Harvard should not be a university anymore. Yale should not be a university anymore. I have a degree from the University of Michigan. Michigan should not be a university anymore. We need to strip away their accreditations and tell them we'll reinstitute, well, we'll reinstate you, but we're not going to reinstate you until you fire every administrator, every professor, every woke asshole that you have in your employment. We want a clean slate. I don't want to see the same janitor 
at that university. We will not give you your accreditation back until you have completely cleaned house and completely cleaned this mess. And just tell them, you know, you're done. You want woke? Well, wake up. You're done. And I would do that to my, I would do that to, to, uh, to, to the university I got my degree from. I'm going to root for them on January 1st. I'm still going to root for the Michigan football team. But as a university, they're done, Steve. I would take away their accreditation and tell them to go to hell. Yeah, I well, I agree with you that the the government has no business in funding universities. However nice it might seem, uh, whatever benefit, the purpose of government is to protect the innocent and to punish the wicked. That's Romans 13. I challenge you to go and read that very clearly. It states that is the purpose of government in the eyes of God. Anything else that the government gets involved in, Wally, uh, it's going to be used against us. The bigger the, the government is, the more ammunition they have against we the people. And so, yeah, college accreditation should be based on uh, some basic principles uh, and prerequisites uh, for qualification for a, a college degree. Nothing more, nothing less. Funding should come from alumni, from supporters, and uh, from the merits of the school itself. And I am strongly of the opinion that these colleges have lost their way. They are not teaching what needs to be taught. And I think that regardless of funding, there should be stipulations as to what some colleges ought to do, universities being an American institution. Am I off base on that? Well, I'm going to disagree with you only a little bit, Steve. And I think what I do, maybe uh, I'll, I'll pull you back over toward 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 this line of thinking, maybe a little bit, maybe not. Sometimes we do disagree. But uh, what I would say is, is, is that having an educated public, an educated population does make our market system more efficient and that the government can have a role in making things more efficient. What the government has to be concerned with, though, is that in the process of making things more efficient, it can't take over the markets and it should do everything that it can to minimize its effect on the markets because we as private citizens, we are the market. We should not be controlled. What I would say is that if the government wants to be involved in uh, in, in funding education, it should do so by giving the money to the students and letting the students do with that money as they will. A voucher program, for example, uh, instead of a public school system. Let the accreditation programs be private. Let the parents choose what schools they think, what accreditations they think are legitimate. Uh, same with college. If, they, if, if we're going to fund college with federal tax dollars, give it to the students that want to go to college and let them choose the school they want to go to entirely on their own. Don't fund the schools directly. Keep a marketplace of ideas and allow parents and students to decide what they think, uh, how they want to be educated and by whom. Okay, well, I'll buy that, Wally, uh, with stipulations even on the students. And in fact, let's go back into history and remember that the whole purpose of our government uh, promoting these universities was to make America great. It was to make make America a strong nation by educating them because education is so vitally important to progress as far as technologies and industry uh, and all that. So um, I agree with that uh, fully. And that is why the universities uh, it came into existence on the early frontier days, the first universities uh, in America, but they were Christian based, strongly Christian based. Some of these schools, the only uh, even in uh, lesser schools, uh, the lower schools, the only book they had was the Bible. So look at what it did for this nation. It was very, very impressive. Well, Wally, let me just switch gears a little bit because all of this 
uh, anti-Semitism issue is based on what just happened, right, in Israel. And I want to just, you know, we've got this strong controversy. It seems like everybody on both sides has very strong feelings about the Israeli-Hamas war, war. For some reason, it's a very hot potato. So let me just put you on the spot, Wally. Does Israel have a right to retaliate as they are doing now in Gaza? And if so or not, please explain why. Well, let me rephrase that by asking how many missiles Mexico would have to fire into the United States before we decided to put an end to it. Uh, yeah, is, of course they have a right to defend themselves. Of course they have a right to end terrorism and genocide being committed against their people. Uh, and, and as far as the civilian casualties in the West Bank, well, if we were to run this poll, they have run polls in in, in the excuse me in the Gaza Strip, not the West Bank. Uh, they have run polls on that, and 80% of the people in the Gaza Strip would like nothing better than to see Hamas commit genocide and wipe out all of the Israelis. Uh, but as civilians, that doesn't give anybody the right to kill them. They have the freedom of speech, or should have the freedom of speech, just as does and should anyone else. Ironically, it's Hamas that prevents them from having any freedoms. Um Israel is doing everything that it can, as America's youth are, are acknowledging, to avoid killing civilians. The problem is that Hamas is doing everything that it can to ensure that in order to get to them, you have to kill as many civilians as possible. When I was in the military, it was a very simple thing. If you're told to take out the enemy's tanks and the enemy decides to put their tanks in playgrounds with children climbing on them, you still have a responsibility to take out those tanks. You're not killing the kids. The person who put them in the playground is. That's right. That's right. A military target uh, can be very clearly, easily defined uh, if it is in a location where civilians are are subjected to being collateral damage. Um, you know, it's war. You do everything you can. We we now have a bullseye war that we can fight because of our high technology. We can pinpoint where missiles go, where they land and blow things up. And I think that's a good thing. But the other really pressing issue that I see in, uh, in, in Gaza is that so many of the so-called civilians are supportive of the military. They, many of them are militants themselves, including children, because of the indoctrination that we have been talking about that is now taking place right in America. So just as our college uh, students and military uh, young folks uh, feel and believe, well, you can see that multiplied perhaps even more uh, among the Islamic terrorist nations. That what would we expect from them, right? Anything more? Um, I mean, that's what they will do. And so the question really uh, that is so difficult to answer is who are the real, are there any innocent uh, Hamas people? And if so, who are they? It's hard to define. Well, there is no innocent Hamas person because Hamas is a terrorist organization. Uh, you, you put me on the spot. I'll give you my, my, my full answer there. I hope that Israel kills every goddamn member of Hamas on the face of the earth. I hope they kill every one of them. I hope they send the Mossad out into the United States and into England and kill them here too. I hope they kill every member of Hamas because Hamas is a terrorist organization that only exists to kill civilians and to weaken the Israeli state and eventually to weaken every non-Muslim state in the world. World. And I've read their chapter, their charter, their charter. There's an English version of it you can read right online. It's it's in the public domain. I've read their charter. Uh, that is, I, I hope they too. I I hope they kill as few civilians as possible in the process. But Hamas should not exist. 
Its only purpose is to kill civilians and to not only end the Israeli state, but if they did end the Israeli state, they would turn their attention to us. Yeah, that's right so in the charter. All right, what you're telling me is uh, you think that Netanyahu should ignore the Biden administration's advice? Why? No, he shouldn't ignore it. It should tell Joe Biden to kiss. They, if I were Netanyahu, I would publicly tell Joe Biden to kiss my ass. I would say, you know what? F you, Mr. President. You are an asshole. We are not bowing. We're gonna. We're saving your country, too, in the long run. That's what I would tell well, him. Well, you know, I is he not saying that by his actions? Indirectly, I think Benjamin Netanyahu, and this is why he's probably a better prime minister than I would be, uh, is is being far more diplomatic than I would be. Right. But then, you know, you you hear the words of, for example, Senator Chris Kuhn. He's one of these Democrats on the Foreign Relations Committee. The guy's a dirtbag. He really is. Uh, He was on the Face the Nation with CBS recently, and he was just trashing Benjamin Netanyahu's wartime leadership, Okay, saying that Netanyahu is harming the peace process. And and they're still claiming to this day that a two-state solution is the only way forward. And um, I just... Totally disagree with that. Well, how about a three-state solution? And what's the third state? Well, I mean, if you look at a map of of what... uh of of what uh, the Romans called Palestine. And that's where the word Palestine comes from. There has never been a Palestinian people, mm-hmm. uh, but there because there's never been a Palestinian. There's never been a country called Palestine. It's a region. It was named that by Rome, just like Rome named England, Britannia. Uh, but if you look at Palestine, at that region, and you say, what countries does it encompass? It doesn't just encompass the, the, the current state of Israel, the West Bank, and the Gaza Strip. It also encompasses every square inch of Jordan, and it encompasses the vast majority of Lebanon. Well, Jordan and Lebanon are are are, are, uh, are Islamic states. So, if you want to ask what I think the solution is, uh, Israel is not just a Jewish state. When, when when Israel was formed, they asked all of the Muslims to stay put and said, you know, we'll give you full citizenship. Uh, just understand, you're an Israeli now. And it was the Muslim people that decided they didn't want to live under that, and that went into the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. They went there, incidentally, because the Islamic states in the area said they couldn't come in and block their borders to keep them out. Well, we already have a three-state solution. Palestine consists of Israel, Jordan, and Lebanon. It's just that the Jordan and Jordan and Lebanon, ironically, Lebanon used to be a free country where Jews, Muslims, and Christians lived side by side peacefully right. and happily until right. Hamas came in, and or was it Hezbollah? One of the, it was actually Hezbollah until Hezbollah came in and killed all the Christians and Jews. Yeah, um, I, I don't see a two-state, three-state, four-state, whatever. I don't. I just don't see it working. I. I... You know, I would you give look- Israel the West Bank, the Gaza Strip, and the Golan Heights. That gives them defensible borders, and you still, again, as I said, have Jordan and and, and, and Lebanon yeah. as as as. When I say three state solution, I don't mean three states within Israel. Israel should be what it currently is, along with all okay. of the West okay. Bank and all of the Gaza Strip and the Golan Heights. Right, right, yeah. And if you look at that, if 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 you, they did uh, what you just proposed. Uh, then, I mean, look, the Muslim world is still very big, the nations that are Muslim. Uh, and here's little Israel with just a small bit of land, even with those three states that you mentioned. So uh, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting fallout. What do you think is going to be the final end result of this war? Why? Well, I, I, 
I, I think the final end result of this war is that Israel is going to get what it wants, which is the destruction, the utter dust destruction of, of Hamas, at least within the Gaza Strip as a terrorist organization. Uh, but I think it's going to cost them a lot of support in the world stage. And I don't know what the end result is going to be. It's it's impossible to say. How long can Israel last without American support, for example? I, I, I don't know. What I do know, and this is the part that really makes my blood boil about this, now people call the people in the West Bank and Gaza Strip Palestinian. Well, what are the Jewish people? Now, if we go back to the origins of, 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 of Jewish people, where did Abraham live? You know, if you go back, the, the first people of that area, now it wasn't, they weren't all Jewish, obviously, in that area. Uh, there were other groups there too, but Abraham being the father of the Jewish people, uh, also ironically of the Islamic people, he's really the father of everybody in that area. So the Jewish people are first persons there. The left talks about the importance of the first people. Well, in the France, the first people of the French. You know, in England, the first people of the Britons. Yeah, in Germany, oh, yeah. they're German. In, right. in Israel, they are the Israelis. Yes, yes. If you, yeah, if you go back historically, it's very easy to sort out uh, the boundaries roughly. I mean, depending on how far you go back, when you talk about the land of Ur, you know, where is it actually defined and so forth, and the Chaldeans and all. Yeah, well, it, we can't precisely define uh, the borders, but we know the regions, as you said, very true. Well, listen, we've only got a few minutes. I want to shift gears a little bit. Since we, this is the very last Voice of a Nation program for this year. Year. And so we've got an awful lot more to look forward to in the year 2024. And, um, you know, I'd like to talk about that just for a few minutes. For, for one thing, uh, let's look at our current political situation here in America going forward. Now, we've been told recently that there will be no more RNC sponsored debates. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, however, have accepted a sponsored debate by CNN. How exciting that is going to be. I, I think that Trump is going to win again, uh, not uh, showing up for this, but uh, you can be certain that CNN is going to do everything they can um, to get these two contenders to badmouth Trump as much as possible. Uh, it's what I would do if I were this, the vermin that they are. So um, we've got an exciting time ahead of us, and I think we need to prepare for that. Uh, I don't know if you heard, Wally, about this economist, Harry Dante, predicts that he says, I think 2024 is going to be the biggest single crash year we'll see in our lifetime. Um, he says, I just said that myself yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, I you know, it, it fits the picture, doesn't it? I mean, we've got all this money printing deficits. Uh, and, it, and then he also says that this crash is not going to be a correction. In other words, it, it's going to be like the, the Great Depression all over again. Um, well, I hope he's wrong. But he's, um, not, he's, he's not wrong. and He can't be wrong. Uh, organizations corporations are supposed to exist to make money to make their shareholders money. Woke organizations have to have there's no reason for them to exist. Yeah, I agree. Um, we're, we're in for a rough time. One thing we need to realize is that the twisted evil left is going to unleash their full fury on uh, of their insurrection. And that's what it is in the coming year, because all of their focus is going to be on Donald Trump. They must stop him and we must stop them because if they stop trump um you know they're going to take over it's just that simple but what an irony that they call themselves democrats oh i know it's just horrible but listen there's 
encouraging things. I just saw today the GOP state lawmakers are actually drafting bills to remove Joe Biden from the 2024 ballots in three swing states, Arizona, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. I am so excited about that. They're saying that the same insurrection allegations being used against Trump are most fitting to be used against Biden, right? Allowing the border invasion to proceed, his treason with China, weaponizing the government against the people and against his political rivals. I mean, this guy is evil. And I say, wow, power to these lawmakers who are finally fighting back. This is what we need to do from now on through to the election and ever after. But good things are happening, I see also, and I don't want to be a, a doomsdayer on these final days of 2023. Some good things are happening. People are waking up. And very, for example, very few people are taking the COVID shots. Uh, be, be aware that Bill Gates just uh, is introducing a new needle-free messenger RNA vaccine in a wafer form that he's preparing for the next big pandemic. And uh, you want to really be careful not to buy into that. The vaccine, whatever form it's in, he's talking about a pandemic. Uh, uh, that's going to be coming. It's the next fear-mongering hoax, so please don't buy into it. All these people, um, they just, they need to be stopped. And I think that people are getting to that mindset, uh, the mindset that they are ready to do it. And then they've got this lab-grown meat. Wally, I don't know if you heard about that, but I would encourage people, don't fall for that. It is not meat. It's been FDA approved in the U.S. It is not healthy. It is not safe. It is a recipe for disaster because that can be genetically manipulated. And Bill Gates and his other moguls are funding it all and all in the name of climate change. Now, that is going that's just going to be the, you know, the end of the story for us if we actually buy into that stuff. So we must stop it. We must put an end to it. Um, and coming into uh, 2024, we've got a lot of work to do. Well, we are about out of time here. And I just want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas a happy new year. And remember, despite it all, we do not have to be robbed of our peace and joy. And I pray that it is with you all. May we all be an instrument of goodwill toward all men. Remember that in Christ, we do have the victory of that. We can be sure. But in the meantime, we have much work to do. And that is the work of doing good. So please do your best. Go into 2024 with a positive mindset. Be strong, be courageous, be faithful to your, to your foundational beliefs, and just do your best. We'll see you next year. It's time to get involved and get loud. America.